De la patrulla de Minos de California. Weather headlines for today, yes. Welcome to the Revenue Generator Podcast, an I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear how industry leaders integrate sales, marketing, product, and customer success into a single business unit with a common goal of optimizing their revenue cycle. We'll unearth how innovators integrate data, technology, people, and processes to expedite demand generation and increase recurring revenue. Sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet a member of the Revenue Generation. Here's the host of the Revenue Generator podcast, the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. Welcome to the Revenue Generator podcast, where we members of the Revenue Generation share solutions for how you can integrate your business to optimize revenue. I'm your host and the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. And today we're going to discuss why enablement just can't be about sales anymore. Joining us is Kyle Lacey, who is the Senior Vice President Marketing at Seismic, which is the global leader in enablement, helping make sales teams better by becoming more productive and engaging with buyers in a compelling way. So far this week, Kyle and I talked about why enablement tech isn't about sales anymore. And today we're gonna to wrap up our conversation by talking about engagement versus enablement. Okay, here's my conversation with Kyle Lacey, the Senior Vice President Marketing at Seismic. Kyle, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me back. I enjoyed our conversation yesterday. I have to say, folks, you should know I'm an Eagles fan and you probably already know that if you've listened to the podcasts, Kyle is a Colts fan. I just told him I'm so sorry about Carson Wentz. Life goes on. But that's all we're going to talk about today, folks. We're going to talk about enablement versus engagement. I'm not, I don't want to talk about it. You have no idea the, the hand gestures that uh, Kyle just made to me, folks. So anyway, if you're a Commanders <laughs> fan, so sorry for you guys. But yesterday we had a great conversation about the idea of enablement and what the tech stack looks like and how we can start kind of helping people understand that at the end of the day, enablement is just not for sales anymore. I want to peel back the idea of engagement in this conversation because I felt we did a really good job of explaining to folks that at the end of the day, enablement is about ensuring that your organization is consistent in the way that they are training and enabling the organization to say the same things consistently and adjust to the market over time. Engagement's a little bit different, though, right? This idea of engagement is, is not about making sure people are doing what they're supposed to do, but it's about creating those moments, right? Those, those little moments where people are like, wow, that was really awesome. And, you know, anybody has not listened to this podcast before, they know this is a passion for me because I truly, truly believe that we are not nearly empathetic as we need to be. And if we're empathetic with those buyers and we actually think about how we're engaging with them in a really positive way, we tend to win deals, which means that Kyle and I can go off to our islands and Kyle can write a couple more books. So let's start with the idea of engagement. What does that really look like when an organization is doing an amazing job engaging with their prospects and customers? Ultimately, it's about creating memorable, unforgettable experiences because like you said yesterday, there's just a lot of complex buying cycles. Like you and I experience, we buy a lot of tech. I'm assuming that we do, right? I do. And the, the, buy, the con, it's just complex. Like it's, it's too much going on. Nothing's personalized, right? So for me, when it comes to engagement, it's about creating memorable, compelling buying experiences across all the channels that I use as a leader, because ultimately you want to move the deal forward in a memorable way, right? But so that includes social, it includes email, it includes using digital sales rooms, custom domains where they feel, well, it's not that they feel like you're listening to them, but you are. I feel like that's the true value 
of enablement and engagement coming together, which I think they're doing today. Yeah. And I have to say that, you know, yesterday you did a great job of kind of walking people through this idea that so much of this is about onboarding the enablement piece, right? How are we thinking about how we're educating people as they join? How are we thinking about engaging and educating people as they experience a new product release, right? There's always an opportunity to enable folks. There's always something new coming out. But when we think about engagement, I feel like quite often, Kyle, the thing that I'm pushing and pressing for is listening, Yeah. right? Listening. So this, by the way, this presupposes we've had contact with folks, right? We know that the vast majority of the buying process is opaque to sellers, right? So I think 17% of it is what we get to see as sellers. So we get so little exposure, but quite often I feel like in those bad experiences we've both had, people aren't listening. And when people aren't listening, it gets reflected by the fact that you're repeating yourself call after call, right? You feel like there's this lack. So really at the end of the day, what this is about is an organization's ability to ingest what they're hearing quite often on the discovery calls. I know this feels bric-a-brac. But it's not. It's not, right? But it is, are you listening to the needs of those folks? So. That's the 17% though, right? That's just good, solid sales and marketing practices. How are we thinking about engagement beyond that though? That other piece, Kyle, that big other piece that we just don't have exposure to. This is about great buyer personas and building great profiles that you can attach to and use social media to kind of build on. Is that the creepy stuff we experience where I go click on, hey, I'd like a new couch. And then for the next two days, I get couch advertisements. Like, help me understand where that engagement- Where you don't click on anything and you said something to your your significant other and you get ads and you didn't even click on anything. Like that's how the creepiness? That is creep fest. And I have to tell you, you I know how that gets done. You know how that gets done and it's super, super creepy. (laughs) Super creepy. Now, I I think in engagement, I mean, social is a great example and I love talking about it because I just believe, I've believed in it since I, I started in software. Your ability to engage somebody in a human way throughout the sales process is surprisingly differentiated, right? Like it's very rare that I come across sales reps that can do it really well, right? And are you engaging with me as a human being on channels like Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever, you, you know, GeoCities, MySpace, FriendFeed? <laughs> Ones that... God, you just dated yourself in such an extreme way, but yes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> anyway, I think that engagement, engagement has to do with the, the, the listening, as you said, but also it's after you listen, the personalization of the content that you're sending, right? And making sure that when you're using social, it's definitely about, and when you're using more of the personalized content engines that we have, when it comes to buyer engagement, it's about remembering that, it's a human being and we human beings love to be listened to. And we look for love for you to comprehend the, the stuff that we're telling you. But we also want you to do a little bit of research on the back end and engage with us in other channels, right? And so it's really about doing that, but also having the intelligence on the back end to say, hey, this actually worked, right? You mentioned engagement in terms of people listening your ability to take call recordings and distill them down into certain messages that you are seeing a lot of prospects or customers say and enabling teams on how to say that is also engagement. So I think when we say engagement, we talk a lot about engaging the prospect, but guess what? You've got to engage your teams too. And that's why coaching and training, like that's why the other end of the spectrum here is so important because an engaged sales team will engage the prospects better. And that includes making sure that you're training and coaching and up-leveling them as much as possible. Yeah, it totally makes sense. And I have to say that 
I kind of put Kyle on the spot the other day and and asked him about you know how he's drinking his champagne. But I will say that I'll share with you guys when we started this conversation. Kyle had done his research. He knew that I was a CRO at one point. Like he looked into my profile to understand who he was talking to, right? And so that's this idea of not sca- terribly scalable necessarily for you and I, Kyle. No. But on an organizational level, that's really what we're talking about. Just having a fundamental understanding of where you know people are and what their backgrounds are. But I think that what I'm also hearing here is this idea of enablement often begins with a profound understanding of the market. And, you know, to speak marketing stuff, that's what's your ideal customer profile look like? What are the buyer personas within those profiles? But I think the flip of this really, and this is where I, I believe engagement and enablement come together. The flip of this is, I think in many ways, when we're bringing on sales organizations, I don't know how to scale this, by the way, but we should almost make them go buy software. <laughs> right. So if we could figure out how to do billion dollar yeah. business right here, but if we can put them through the pain of buying the software that we market and sell, I think it would completely change the way that we think about this combination of enablement and engagement. Right. Because it is a pain. It is a pain to buy. Right. So. But that's our job, Doug. like marketers. We need to make it easier to buy the product. I mean, ultimately, marketers have two jobs, right? We got to tell the company story is the company strategy, which is my favorite Ben Horowitz quote ever. We've got to tell the story appropriately so we win a category. And the second thing is we've got to make the product easier to buy. And that's it, right? And a huge part of that is enablement and engagement, right? And that's why, because if the sales rep cannot understand how to engage somebody in a personalized way, and they haven't been enabled in the talk track to make it easier to have a, a damn conversation about the product, it's going to be, it's going to be very unlikely that that they're going to be successful in the long run. And ultimately that is that starts with messaging, it starts with marketing and also and then it brings in enablement. So then what's the starting point for this fantastical wonderful island that we've just created out and let's say it's in the middle of the Caribbean, I can see deep blue seas, white sand clear the unification yep. folks. This is this magical place. I'm going to put something out there Kyle, but is the beginning of this rethinking the buyer persona, but think rethinking the buyer persona from the standpoint of really this idea of how to engage that persona by understanding that person's place in the world, right? So again, it's really hard. Personas are so broad, right? But on some level, if we could, if we could look at that buyer's role in the demand unit and understand, as an example, Kyle, I will tell you, there's quite often this concept when we're selling and we're marketing at lean data, it is this idea of career risk. Yeah. 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 Right. So our price point's not high enough that you're talking about extreme career risk, but career risk, but quite often people are coming in and they're bringing on your software and it's meant to solve such a big problem that if it isn't implemented well and it isn't actually understood well, their job might be on the line. And that's just one example. It's an extreme example of how you know your typical buyer is interacting, but you also have the political dynamics of the buying group, right? And we tend to see prospects through the lens of, the likelihood of their buying, but we also tend to see them through the lens of, you know, their role in this buying group, right? But what we don't understand is they have risk. And by the way, they're trying to pull something off at the same time. So I've gone a little bit into a bit of a cul-de-sac here, but what I wanted to talk about here is, is that merger, this idea of where these things come together. Yeah, well, here's the deal. I, we talk a lot about reinventing personas, but it should be, there should the reason why enablement and product marketing and sales that they should all be aligned, which we talked about yesterday, is because there's a feedback loop. This should not be a conversation of we produced personas three quarters ago and maybe we should look at redoing them. 
they should be evolving based off of call recordings, based off of interactions on the sale during the prospect, during the buying behavior. They should be evolving based off of the buyer behavior. And because you have enablement living at the middle and because they are engaging across all different parts of the org, they can work with product marketing to have an ever evolving look at the champion, the buyer, the nine other people that are going to say thumbs up. I think we should buy this because they are listening and they're training and they're coaching and they're building content that helps support that. So I think this idea of we're going to create a bunch of use cases and personas and kind of hand them off and then review them while we do win loss. I, I just, I think that we're evolving past that as marketers, marketers. And I would, I would put enablers in there too, where we can move fast and scale that in a way that's meaningful. And the best part is you can train sales reps on this ever evolving buyer behavior immediately and continuously. So that, I think that's, what's so exciting about enablement and engagement and product marketing and all this stuff coming together and being living in one system because you can change so quickly and that's how you scale something. And how is that different? So we're going to go back to a reminder here that seismic in many ways is out there trying to create a category. And they're trying to do so because at the end of the day, this idea of an enablement function isn't always as solid in some organizations. Typically, it might be something that doesn't even have a title associated with it. It might be product marketers that are responsible, right? Smaller organizations, it might be the VP of marketing who's responsible for it. So how does this change when you're trying to sell and market into this new idea of a new position or a new category? Is this a higher level of difficulty or really are the basics the same? No, I, you know what? I would say that I would argue that this is not necessarily a new category. I would say that the idea of enablement as a strategic initiative at the C-suite level is fairly new. Sales enablement has been around for a little bit now. Enablement as a whole that should exist across the entire company is fairly, is fairly new, right? Like if you look at there was Zora and DocuSign, and I think Yex all had earnings calls over the past year where it was specifically mentioned that enablement should have been done or could have been done as part of an earnings call. So I think it's more the discussion around how does it live at a strategic level within a company? And I'm not talking about learning and development. I'm talking about enablement, right? But those two things, I think, are coming together pretty quickly. We're talking about ownership here, partially because, you know, I want to get understanding and I want our guests to have an understanding of where do we start? Because I will tell you that a vast majority of folks aren't thinking about enablement as much as they should. Yeah. I will absolutely tell you that enablement is not built into how organizations think about this. That's the first thing I would say. And then I think engagement is expressed in terms of data. Did people open my email? Did they click on my stuff? Right. We're not yep. looking at the heuristics nor the qualitative side of that to say, Am I actually creating an experience, right? We struggle with those two pieces. I feel like enablement, Kyle, is still a little bit of an amorphous idea. Here's what you need to look at. Do you have too many systems to engage across all the different channels? Like, are you opening up five different things? Do your reps know where to find the best materials to share in a meaningful way? Are they wasting tons of time personalizing any type of content that they could send to the rep that's not personalized or they could send to the buyer that's not personalized? Do you have training and coaching and playbooks that live in the same platform that create distinctions amongst your reps when they're talking to the, to the market? And then I think the last thing to note would be, do any of the go-to-market leadership team, like enablement, marketing, sales, CS, do they lack data, like you said, 
to identify behaviors and programs and the right content to drive performance. Because we could talk about building an enablement program all day long, but if you and I can't look at our sales counterpart, or if you, you know, you as a CRO is looking to your org and you don't, you don't have the data, you, you have no idea how to scale any of it. It's like looking at a bunch of digital inbound channels without any data and saying, oh, organic seems nice. We should probably invest more into that because it feels better. Right. So I think that's probably if you're looking at where to start, those are kind of the things you can think about. And if any of that's happening, you should probably be looking at some type of enablement program. Another great conversation here today with Kyle. Kyle, really enjoyed talking to you. Again, condolences are Carson Wentz. <laughs> Life, the sun will return to Indianapolis. I promise you. I promise it's not you. out right now. It's not <laughs> out right now. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the Revenue Generator Podcast. Thanks to Kyle Lacey, Senior Vice President of Marketing at Seismic for joining us. If you would like to learn more about Kyle, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile on our show notes, or you can contact him on Twitter where his handle is at Kyle P. Lacey or visit his company website at seismic.com. Just one link on our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, head over to revgenpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter, apply to be a speaker on the Revenue Generator podcast, or you can even share your revenue generation questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is at revgenpod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or you can contact me directly. My handle is marketadvocate. If you haven't subscribed yet and want a daily stream of RevGen strategies in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed on the next business day. Okay, that's all for today. But until next time, keep cranking because the revenue isn't going to generate itself.